Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our worship service. I trust that you are doing okay in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, despite of, okay? And I pray today you and I will have a grand time to honor Him, to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So why don't we join hands together, even as we are led by a worship team, to sing a couple of songs in honor and in worship of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we welcome you in our midst. You are glorious. There is none like you. Fill this place with your presence. Fill our hearts with your presence. Allow us to experience you once again. And help us, O oh God, to see you in the light of your word. Thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's worship the Lord together. to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise Him, for He is thy help and salvation.
Okay, thank God for uh, allowing us to worship Him again through music, songs, instruments, and what have you. Now, this Sunday's message is entitled ECQ. ECQ, if you are very well-versed with this uh, acronym, stands for Enhanced Community Quarantine. But this Sunday, we're not talking about that. We will be talking another ECQ, which to me stands for Experiencing Christ in Quarantine. All right? So, um, I mean, how do you feel every time you hear the word ECQ? Okay, how would you react? Oftentimes, we would react by, you know, oh no, this is bad news again. We don't like bad news. Now, whether we like it or not, it would seem that bad news abounds. It would seem that sickness and even death, eh, they're all over us right now. In fact, as I speak, okay, we, our uh, beloved uh, Elder James Go, okay, uh, is now with the Lord. And uh, we cannot help but feel this sadness. Okay, in our hearts to see a great man of God, okay, leaving us. Although we know that he will be reunited with his wife and, and of course with his creator, our Father God. But then we feel the sadness that he has to leave in such a manner. It will appear that there's so much bad news going around. Which begs us this question, is it even possible to experience Christ even in bad times? Is it even at all possible for you and I to experience Christ in this time of quarantine, in this time of suffering? But first, let me quote to you Psalm 34, verse 19. It says here, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. What is this passage saying? It is saying that you and I will never be exempted from sufferings. You and I will have to go through suffering. But the good news is, the Lord will deliver us out of this. All of this, okay? Going back to our beloved Elder James Gold, he may not be with us here anymore. He may not be with his family anymore. But he is now with his family. Our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, up there, okay? Where there is bliss eternal bliss, happiness, and joy. There's a grand reunion in the time to come, okay? But then, going back here, we're still not exempted. At least, our dear elder is already exempted from all the sufferings, and we are not. But we have a promise from God that He will deliver us from all of this. Besides, I've always realized, and I've always preached this, that physical death can actually be a form of healing, you're no longer suffering here on earth physically. You will be liberated, okay, from all the sufferings that we face here on earth. So every time ECQ comes to mind, we equate it with the word suffering. How do we define suffering? It is the state of undergoing pain, distress, and hardship. In its original Greek word, it's uh, translated as pressure or being pressed under pressure or being pressed and because of suffering okay of which most of us if not all of us we don't like to suffer 
we're so used to comfort, we don't like to suffer anymore. We don't know what, you know, I mean, we don't want to suffer because we want comfort all the time, all right? And because that, we tend to complain a lot. And then we face suffering. Now, let me go to our uh, uh, main text this morning. Romans 5, verses 1 to 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What is Paul saying here in Romans 5? He's saying that, you know what? We have been justified by faith. When Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago, you and I have been justified from all our sins. In others, we have been set free from sin. We have been forgiven from all of our sins. We have been redeemed. That's good news, okay? And because of that redemption work of Christ on the cross, we now have peace. The word peace here does not only, means, does not only mean rest physically, spiritually, it also means a reconciliation. You have to remember when God, when Adam and Eve, you know, disobeyed God, there was this broken relationship or straining of relationship. There was enmity between God and man. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that enmity was resolved. The relationship has been healed. There's this mending of relationship. And because of that, there is now peace between God and man. And just because there is peace by virtue of the justification uh, of Christ, uh, 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 of what Jesus did on the cross, justifying us from all our sins, there would be grace. Grace means unmerited favor, or another word is uh, uh, a divine empowerment. Because of justification, we have peace, then we have grace. And lastly, because of all of this, we have hope of the glory of God, which would be translated to blessedness. We've been justified by Christ's death on the cross. We receive peace, reconciliation. Then we have received grace from God also. And because of that, we have hope of being blessed by the Lord. That is what Paul was saying on the first part of Romans 5. But furthermore, Paul says these words, okay? Rejoice, okay? Because suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character then hope. Now, Paul meant that you and I, despite the fact we've been justified, despite that we receive peace, despite of the fact that we have grace and we have hope of His blessings, we are not still exempted from suffering. There are some teachings in Christendom today that says if you are a Christian, you will not get sick, you will not die, you will prosper financially, etc., etc., you will not uh, be poor. These are not biblical teachings, by the way. What Paul is saying, despite of you and I being justified by Christ on the cross of Calvary, we will still go through suffering. However, he said we must rejoice. Say this with me, rejoice. Why? Because, you know, in suffering... We endure. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance is, another word is patience. We become patient. 
And then that endurance becomes our character. Character in this translation is tried and tested experiment. And because we build a character, we then have hope in the amazing love of God, the unconditional love of God. Okay, now when we speak of suffering here, Paul is not saying you and I suffer because of wrongdoing. No, we suffer not because we did wrong. We suffer because we did something right. We stand for the truth. We stand for what is right. Then we suffer like what happened to Jesus Christ. He did not suffer because of sin, because he was sinless. He suffered because he did what was right. Okay? And despite of this, Paul is saying we must rejoice. We must rejoice because our suffering will produce endurance and our endurance will become our, our character and later on hope that no matter what happens, okay, God's love will be there to assure us. Now, how many realize uh, 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 to experience Christ in quarantine is to experience suffering also? Romans 8.17 says, Now, if we are children, we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with the Messiah, if, in fact, we share in His suffering in order we may also share in His glory. How many realize, if you want to share in God's glory, you must also share in His suffering? This is very clear. If we are children of God. We are co-heirs of Christ, okay? And if we're co-heirs of Christ, we must also share in His suffering in order to share in His glory. Problem is, we only want the glory. We don't want the suffering. We dislike suffering so much. We want all joy and comfort. But did you not realize the number one ingredient or prerequisite to share in God's glory is actually suffering. We share in His suffering, we will also share in His glory. That's how we experience Christ in quarantine, all right? We, you know, uh, in suffering, we experience Christ because Christ himself suffered, by the way. If Christ, the Son of the living God, the creator of all things, suffered, who are we not to suffer? We are not accepted from it. In other words, we experience Christ even more in times of suffering. I realize over 30 years of ministry that more and more people come to Christ in times of suffering than in times of abundance. I'm not saying we cannot experience Christ in times of joy and happiness. We can, but more people actually are drawn to Christ because of suffering. It happened to me. I got very, very sick, almost died, okay? And in that suffering, I came to Christ. In this quarantine, pandemic, lockdown, and what have you, there are more and more people actually coming to the Lord Jesus Christ because of suffering. Although we cannot also discount the fact that there are people, okay, because of bad times, draw themselves away from God. But more are drawing themselves closer to Christ. The saying goes, no pain, no gain, no guts, no glory, no thorn, no throne, no cross, no crown. Uh, this is not original. I got this from the internet. And, and what really interests me is the third one. No thorn, no throne. You want throne? Then you've got to have thorns. You want a crown? Then you've got to have a cross. Because there's no pain, no gain. In 1 Peter 5 verse 10, it says here, 
In His kindness, God called you to share in His eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you've suffered a little while, God will restore, support, and strengthen you on a firm foundation. What is Peter saying? He's saying that though we will suffer yet little while, the suffering you and I will go through or is going through right now or undergoing are temporary. Temporary. It's not forever. I pray you receive comfort right now that your suffering, my suffering, is just temporary. And this suffering will actually strengthen us. It will restore us, support us. It will make us a firm foundation. Okay, that, was, that is what Peter is saying. Okay, your suffering, my suffering, in times of crisis, is actually making us stronger. That is, if we come closer to Him. Okay, so, uh, in times of suffering, we experience Christ. You know why? Because we are co-heirs, okay, of the Messiah. And we want to share in His glory, but we must share in His suffering as well. Now, we, we tend to sulk. We feel bad. We're disappointed. We're frustrated because of suffering. But did you not know that Christ himself suffered? And he suffered a lot. I can say that your suffering and my suffering, the suffering of the whole wide world combined, cannot compare to the suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that our sufferings are to be taken lightly. No, don't take me wrong. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is this right now. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, shared in our suffering as well. He suffered. He shared in our humanity. He is not some distant God, insensitive, a God who doesn't know what suffering is. No. In fact, He became human. Don't you forget that. And He shared in our humanity in terms of suffering. Now, in case you still cannot understand why things happen the way they are right now, and you're questioning the suffering, let us take a look at how Jesus Christ himself suffered. Okay? Now, in the last Lenten season, every Lenten season, we will hear this phrase, Via Dolorosa. And the word Via Dolorosa in, in, in our language means way of suffering. The word Dolorosa is the word for suffering. So if you're going to name your child Dolor or Dolorosa, think again. Because every time you call your child Dolor or Dolorosa, you're saying, suffering, halikang arito. Okay? Via Dolorosa, the way of suffering. Just to compare. Okay? Just to let you know that we have a God who knows what suffering is all about. Let's talk about His walk. Okay? From the courtroom. Okay? All the way to Calvary, Golgotha, or Skull Mountain. Many scholars would agree with me that it was actually a long walk. It's a four kilometers walk. Some would say it's lesser, but regardless, it's still a long walk. Okay, you know why it's a long walk? Have you ever joined a fun run before? Okay, uh, I have not, but I've run four kilometers, five kilometers. It's quite long. It's not short, actually. But imagine joining a fun run with crowds or spectators not cheering you, but jeering you, mocking you, speeding on you trying to cause you to stumble, hurling, you know, invectives and what have you against you, okay? Would that encourage you to finish that race? Of course not. Jesus Christ might have the longest four-kilometer run ever in his life because he ran under tremendous pressure, under tremendous suffering, under tremendous pain. 
on his own creation. That was perhaps the longest four kilometer fun run. And it's not even fun anymore. It's a sad run, by the way. Okay? Four kilometers is short if you are a marathoner. But if you're gonna run under tremendous pressure and pain, it might take an eternity. So how is your journey of suffering? Can you compare that with the journey of suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ? Not only that, let's, let's now talk on the cross that he had to carry. Four kilometers is actually short for a marathoner, I've said that. But imagine, you know, carrying a 100 to 150 kilogram heavy, okay, cross for four kilometers. Would you be able to do that? Now, I have to admit you, to you guys, that I, I go to gym. I actually have a small gym in my house right now. I, I lift a lot of weights. I could probably lift one or two sacks of rice, more or less 100 kilos, okay? But for me to walk four kilometers with two sacks of rice, I don't think I can do that. Perhaps a few meters, I will. But for to walk four kilometers, that's totally impossible, all right? Now... The, 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 the question is, how come it's so heavy? The cross is so heavy. The logic is this. For the cross to be able to stand straight, erected straight, okay, and not fall, okay, it has to be twice the weight of the person that is going to be crucified. If Jesus Christ is around, let's just say, five, six or five, seven inches or feet tall, and, and, and he's probably around 60 to 70 kilos heavy, then the cross should be twice his weight which actually explains why it's around 150 kilograms heavy, which is logical and scientifically sound. Okay, that's why it's so heavy. Now, how is your burden compared to the burden of Christ? Okay, the suffering that you are in right now, compared to the suffering Jesus Christ went through many, many years ago. All right? I hope you feel that Jesus Christ shares in your suffering as well. That he experienced suffering, you and I can also experience him in times of suffering. Okay? Now, the cross also represents sin. Imagine the sin of the whole world upon the shoulder of Jesus Christ. That is so heavy. The cross in itself is not heavy, but the sin of the world upon his shoulder, that made it more heavy. How is your burden today compared to that of Christ? He shared in your suffering. In your humanity so rejoice all right then another you know another area of suffering that we have to consider is the, the the nails used to nail Christ on the cross those were not just one inch long nails or or half an inch thick in diameter it's really thick probably one inch in diameter and probably five to six inches in length and have you been nailed before? I remember when I was a kid, I was very naughty. I was playing in a construction site. I stepped on a wood that has a nail underneath. I didn't realize that. And it just pierced through my, the sole of my feet. Oh, it was so painful. I tried to shout, but nothing came out of my mouth. And when it was being removed, all oh, the more it was so painful. Have you been nailed before? Imagine Jesus Christ on the cross. He was nailed. Whether the palm or the wrist, it doesn't matter. He was nailed and he was hanged for at least three hours with those rusty nails. Cannot compare to your nails. Okay? In other words, Jesus Christ shared in our humanity. He shared in our suffering. 
we can also experience it in times of our sufferings. Okay, how about the crown of thorns? You know, this part of our head is very, very soft actually, okay? So this, especially here, forehead, okay? The forehead, the back of the head, the side is really very soft. Imagine the blood that came out of Christ's head when he was crowned the crown of thorns. It was so painful. Again, reminding us that our God knows what suffering is all about. How about the flagellation of Christ? Okay, have you ever considered how painful it was for Christ? You know, have you been whipped before? I did. I have been whipped before. I'm a naughty boy. Remember, I told you. And you know, every time my 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 dad or my mom would whip me with a belt. Oh, man, it's so painful. You know, in Tagalog, kinikis-kis ko yung aking likod sa sahig. All the more, it makes it hotter. It makes it even more painful. And when my parents would hit me with the, the belt, you know, sometimes they would use the buckle. So you will know the brand of the belt of my dad by looking at the welts on my skin. If it's letter H, hikok ang brand. If it's MC, it's makjim naman. I'm not kidding, it's true. Okay? But going back to Christ, you know, ako, when my dad and mom would chase me with the belt, I, would, I can run, I can avoid, I can evade. But Jesus cannot. He was tied on a column. He cannot avoid the flogging. He was tied. There's nowhere to run. Okay? He was flogged. The Bible says, John 19 verse 1, Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. The question is asked, Why did Pilate had you know, flog, had him flogged. Because flogging is also a form of punishment in, in their times. You know why? Because Pilate cannot be convinced. He was not convinced that Jesus violated any Roman law. On top of that, his wife warned him in a dream. She had a, she had a dream that Jesus is innocent. So he had him flogged, thinking that he would appease the angry crowd, especially the religious people, so that they can let him go free and not push with the crucifixion. But it did not happen to no avail. And how many times was Jesus flogged, by the way? Okay, Paul would say this in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 24, 40 lashes less one, 40 minus one, which is 39. He was flogged 39 times. You know, in modern day, we still have countries practicing flogging. I think Singapore, okay, mostly uh, uh, Arab nations. If you commit a crime, they will have you flogged. Jesus was flogged 39 times. And what kind of whip was used? Okay, you can see it in front of you. Those are no ordinary belts and buckles. These are uh, uh, whips with nails, with, with, with uh, uh, splinters, with, with uh, uh, bull boot in Tagalog and what have you. And if you were able to see the movie, The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson, after being whipped for 39 times, Jesus Christ was so disfigured, you cannot even recognize him. Romans, uh, Isaiah was very correct. He looked not human anymore. He was so disfigured beyond recognition. I can imagine Virgin Mary looking at Jesus and saying, Is this my son? He cannot be my son. He's covered with blood. He had open wounds. I mean, his flesh was ripped open. I mean, exposing even probably his bones and what have you. He was so disfigured. He cannot be recognized anymore. So how, I mean, I mean, he suffered a lot. 
if he was able to suffer that much, he can also, you know, uh, share in his suffering. He can also feel your suffering. He's not insensitive to your suffering and my suffering. Because he himself suffered. But most painful of all is this. The suffering that really probably, you know, uh, top one, okay, of all his suffering is when he was wrongfully accused. Have you been wrongfully accused before? I was before. I was uh, 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 mistaken to be a, a, a syndicate leader, okay, a Korean syndicate leader. When I was trying to help a member, was actually uh, uh, crying for justice because her husband was mistaken as a snatcher. I went to help him, but I was the one interrogated, and, and, and one of them uh, accused me of being a, a Korean, okay, Korean uh, uh, syndicate leader. I said, no, I'm not Korean, I'm Chinese, but they don't want to believe me. I said, I may look Korean, but I don't eat Korean, I don't, I, I don't even like Korean dishes. I don't like those kimbap, bimbap, bibimbap, and bapap. I don't like all this food, okay? I like Chinese food, but in. But I was accused of being a Korean syndicate leader. Okay? And it was so painful. It was so painful to be wrongfully accused. Jesus was wrongfully accused. He did not commit any sin or any crime at all, but he was accused. Just a few weeks back, I was able to watch a movie entitled Just Mercy. If you have time to spare, please watch this. It's a powerful movie of an African-American who was wrongfully accused of murder and sentenced to death in that row waiting for his time of execution via electric chair. It's so powerful, the movie, I shed tears, I cannot help but cry and sob at the ending of the movie. Watch it, okay? Jesus was wrongfully accused. Have you been wrongfully accused before? You're not alone. Jesus shared in your suffering. He himself was wrongfully Accuse. What am I saying right now, brothers and sisters in Christ? We can experience Christ even in suffering because He Himself suffered. That's why Paul says, Rejoice! Your suffering, my suffering, will help us endure. And as we become enduring, patient, we have a character. And because of a character, we now have hope, okay, in the love of God that is endless, boundless, limitless. We share in the sufferings of Christ. We experience Him even in quarantine, in pandemic, in lockdown, what have you. We will also experience His glory, okay, even in quarantine. Experiencing Christ even in quarantine. In closing, let me introduce you to a man named Horatius Bayford. Who is this man? He lived in the 18th to 19th century, okay. He was a lawyer. He was a, uh, an elder in a Presbyterian church in Chicago. In fact, he was a very close friend and supporter of the great evangelist Dwight L. Moody. He also vast, owned vast uh, realty properties in, in Chicago. But in 1871, a huge fire okay, destroyed almost all of his properties and business. And two years later, he and his family had to go back to London or to England. So he sent his wife first with his four daughters to go back. He was left behind for some business uh, matters, okay? So Anna and four children aged 12, seven, five, and 18 months old, okay, were on a ship in the Atlantic Ocean going to England. But one night, okay, in 1873, November, that ship collided with another ship and it sunk. It resulted in the death 
of more than 220 plus people, including the four daughters of Horatio and Anna Spayford. Only Anna survived in the family of the Spayford. When news arrived, okay, when news reached Horatio that his four daughters perished in the Atlantic Ocean, only Anna was survived, he was heartbroken. He was speechless. He was very, very sad. He was desperate. So he had to follow Anna to England. But while on, while on the ship, okay, in the Atlantic Ocean, somebody pointed out to Horatio, this is a spot where the ship sank. Horatio looked at the vast ocean and penned this great hymnal that we still sing today, entitled, It Is Well with my soul. Allow me to just refresh your memory by singing this song to all of you. When peace like a river attended my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, me to say it is well it is well with my soul it is well with my soul it is well it is well with my soul though Satan should bow Fatal trial should come. Let his blessed assurance control. The Christ has regarded my helpless state and has shed his own blood for my soul. It is well. With my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross. I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. And Lord, haste the day. When my faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trumpet shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. 
It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Perhaps Horatio was thinking that even though he lost his four daughters in the Atlantic Ocean, Considering the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, he's saying, Lord, it is well. It is well with me, even though I go to suffering because you yourself, you suffered. You shared in my suffering. And it's only in this time of suffering, Horatio. Experience Christ and pen this powerful hymn that up to now, two or three centuries later, we're still being encouraged and blessed by it. And so, beloved in Christ, whatever suffering you're going through right now, remember you can experience Him. You can experience Christ in quarantine because He shared in our humanity and our suffering. And hopefully, we can all say, It is well. With my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we have a God like you who knows what suffering is all about. We have a God like you who shared in our suffering. And that Lord, in suffering, we share in your glory as well. I pray, please comfort everyone right now who's going through a difficult times, especially the Gaul family. May you be with them, Lord. And those who had COVID-19, those who are still sick with it, Lord, please be with them. Those who are struggling financially, be with them, Lord. Be with us, Lord. Thank you. May the unconditional love of our Father in heaven, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the peace of the Holy Spirit be upon each and one of us, both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Be well, my brothers and sisters in Christ. God bless us all.